0: Okay, Uh, without without continuing any further, I'm going to start by talking today about your gifts, your spiritual gifts. Last week, we began to fill up our toolbox, and if you remember, I passed out index cards And I asked everybody to write on it your passions, your talents, and your gifts, and we're filling up our toolbox with items that are useful to us for discovering our destiny, for discovering where God has pointed us in life. These are three tools that that we need in order to hear the voice of God behind us saying this is the way walk in it. But if our toolbox isn't full, how are we going to hear that voice? So we're going to fill up our toolbox, and last week I ended fairly quickly, and I didn't really touch on our gifts. Well, that's what I'm here to do today. And just so you know, in the uh, in the remainder of this time, uh, the Lord's going to have to do a work because this is a 16-week curriculum. <laughs> okay, so so I'm going to I'm going to have to I'm going to have to. Uh, uh, Rely on the Lord to compress this and to pack it in. All right. Uh, Actually, I'm going to relate to something that Jade said this morning. You, uh, Pastor Jade, actually went the direction that I intended to go, and that was that uh, we need direction for decisions that are being made in our lives. And this applies to all of us. Well, where does that direction come from? Well, let's talk about it as it relates to our gifts. Our gifts are one of those items in our toolbox that provide direction. when we can hear from the Lord, when we can operate in the gifts, well then, those gifts will provide us with the direction, hearing the voice of God uh, is actually prophecy, words of knowledge, and hearing the voice of God to find that direction. And if we're operating in those gifts, uh, then we will be spot on target. That's the point, and that's what we're going to talk about. If you could join me first, Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. And we're going to start here today. This is a fairly common verse when we talk about Uh, the gifts. And today I would like to talk about the motivational gifts and the motivational gifts would be the ones that are listed here in Romans 12, six through eight. These are the ones that are typically used for supporting, uh, being there to support others in their ministry, to lift up and to carry those where they need to go in their lives. All right. But this is, this is a serving gifts. All right. It says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. These are, the, these are considered by, by the, the church community as the motivational gifts. And I'm going to spend some time this afternoon talking about that, uh, given the time that we have left. But I'd like to take us uh, next to Romans 12, verse 11. And it says, all of these gifts are the work of one in the same spirit as he distributes to each one just as he determines. All right. Now, now, I'd like to talk about our gift mixes. Each one of us is a unique being with a unique identity with a unique mix of giftings deposited into each of us. So if we were to take from last week and look at the index card that we filled out, nobody's index card in this room is going to look the same. Okay, that's because the plan and purpose that God has for you is something that only you can accomplish. Nobody else can accomplish what you have in your toolbox. All right, keep that on your mind, real quick, as we continue through here. And so, First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse thirty-one, and I'll continue on here. So, uh, so the Spirit gives us those gifts just as he determines, okay? Now, also, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, eagerly desire the best gifts, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. I want to spend some time on this just for a moment because I think we need some clarification. In fact, uh, I've done some research recently, and, and this uh, is not, not necessarily the foundation of my teaching, but there are some circles who believe that that is an admonition, Um, not an admonition, excuse me. um, uh, Paul is actually coming down on on the church for being too interested in those special gifts. But he's saying, and listen to this, it says, earnestly desire the best gifts, but wait, I will show you a more excellent way. Well, why would he have to say that if he said eagerly desire the gifts? He says, hold on to that, that's good, those gifts are good, but give me a moment while I talk to you about something even better. Now, if we keep reading... It's good that we desire those gifts, all right? If we keep reading and we look at 1 Corinthians 13 and we begin in verse one, he says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So what's the message here? Desire the gifts, but that's not all. In fact, that's secondary, Okay, those gifts are great. We've talked a lot in this church about the, the fivefold, the apostolic, the prophetic, the teaching, the pastoral, the evangelical. Uh, these are good gifts to aspire to and to want. Uh, we even talk about the teaching gift uh, being something that, that we want to impart people. Uh, we talk about the, uh, the gift of exhortation, building people up. These are excellent and these are great, but what's the foundation to those? And that is love. Our motivation must be out of a place of love. If I'm using my gift simply to use my gift, you're not actually depositing anything of value into somebody. Yeah. Okay, we've got to come from a place of love. All right, uh, chapters one, uh, 13, uh, Excuse me, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through eight continues. Verse two: If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. So as I talk about gifts today, all right, let's talk about how we can use them to benefit others. Okay, they're not for our own benefit, although we benefit by the blessings that return to us by the use of our gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 continues, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. The point is God uses us in whatever capacity that he needs us in. So, have you ever been in a situation where uh, you were maybe called upon to use a gift that you didn't directly feel you had? Absolutely. All right, we should have hands all over the place. Now, here's the thing. We might not have the gift of healing. We might not think we have the gift of healing. But if you're the only other person in the room and somebody needs healing, uh, God's going to tap you. Say, you're on deck buddy. All right. And we can't, we're not going to sit back and do one of these numbers and say, I I don't have the gift of healing. God, you're going to have to bring somebody else. That's not going to happen. God's tapped you for the purpose of operating in the role of healing for the moment that it's needed. So, so I want us to put away the thought that we only have one gift that we only get one as the spirit desires. And that's not the case each one supports the other one. Let's talk about the apostolic and the prophetic, uh, the teacher, the evangelical. Each one of those is supported by all of the other gifts. If the other gifts uh, weren't there, if they weren't used in the body, the apostolic and the prophetic could not operate to the degree that they do. Okay? So as I say this, I want to talk then briefly now about uh, really some of the... Uh, some of the spiritual gifts and what they are, how they operate, and then I'm going to talk briefly again about some of the lesser, lesser known gifts, some of the ones that we don't give a whole lot of credit to, things like mercy, things like encouragement and exhortation. We talk a lot about prophecy. We talk a lot about knowledge, but let's talk now about some of the smaller gifts because without these ones, the other ones can't exist. They're supporting gifts. Okay. Okay. So what is a spiritual gift? And then I'll move on uh, to what I just mentioned. Spiritual gifts are given to us. They're supernatural abilities given to us at the moment of salvation for the benefit of others and as a tool in your toolbox. That's a foundation. All right. What spiritual gifts are not? Spiritual gifts are not party favors. The Holy Spirit doesn't give them out. All right. So we can blow whistles and have a whole lot of fun with them. Although they are fun. They are immensely fun. If you have an opportunity to uh, use the gift of healing, use the gift of prophecy, use the gift of teaching, use the gift of mercy and exhortation. I'll tell you something. The gift of exhortation is quite possibly one of the most amazing gifts uh, that I have ever used. Uh, It's used by God to change lives simply by a word saying the right word in the right spirit will change lives. I want to talk to you about that in just a moment. They're not conveniences. They're not reserved for important people. Okay? So so the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, those are often mislabeled as the most important Christians. All right? They are important, but we are all most important. Every gift is the most important. All right? We cannot devalue the gift of mercy or the gift of uh, exhortation. They are absolutely the most important. All right? Uh, They're not natural talents. Our spiritual gifts are accompanied by our natural talents. Okay. Uh, For example, an atheist has many talents, and we might call them gifted, but there are no spiritual giftings. Imagine uh, an atheist who gets up on an American Idol stage, gives an amazing performance, what that person would look like with a bucket of spiritual gifts behind them. All right, think about that for just a moment. Uh, It's not a fruit. Your spiritual gifts aren't fruits. Although, if you look at the gift of faith, is also a fruit of faith. That's because it's a result of how we live in our relationship with Christ. So it's an expectation as well as a gift. All right. Our spiritual gifts are not always a Christian role. Although they are a responsibility, we are often called upon to use gifts that we don't know that we have. I mentioned that a moment ago. So what are spiritual gifts? They are abilities. They are possible only through God. I love the way that Andrew Womack says this. He says that your spiritual gifts are, number one, they're impossible through natural means. But if they're, super, if they're not supernatural, they're superficial. I love that. I love that. They are functional with a purpose, and they are necessary for us to accomplish our purpose. The power of Jesus within us They are for the benefit of others, and they are tools of your trade. Mentioned last week, if you saw somebody walking down the street and you didn't recognize him, you didn't know who he was, could you tell what he did for a living? Probably not. But if you looked inside of his toolbox, the things that he uses to conduct his trade, you could probably get really close. Well, that's what our job is. Look inside of our toolbox, identify our spiritual gifts mix, identify our passions in life and our natural talents, and that will point you to your purpose. Okay. I'm going to briefly run over a few of the motivational gifts. And I believe these are gifts that we all are called upon to operate in on a regular basis. All right? They're not the the most flashy gifts, but they are the ones that bring the most reward if we use them properly. So the gift of helps and service. Now, in, in Scripture, Paul references these as separate gifts. Now, they are very, very similar, but also slightly different. I want to talk about, first of all, the gift of helps. I like the way that Peter Wagner defines this. He says those operating in the gift of helps have a divinely given ability to use their own talents and abilities and resources to help others. They're oriented at seeing giving or at giving assistance as a way that they can show God's love to others, often committed to helping a specific individual or ministry. This is a person who thrives on being in the background, helping other people accomplish their purpose in their ministry. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, and God placed first, excuse me, 12 verse 28, and God has placed first in the church all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, and then the gift of healing and helping. All right, so this is, this is a gift that's absolutely necessary. Now, those of you who, who volunteer uh, at Antioch, and those of you who have volunteered for Impact Training Institute in the past, uh, thank you for that. You're utilizing the gift of helps. Okay. We could not do the things that we do and run this organization in this church successfully and to the degree that we do without your help and without your assistance. Thank you so much for that. And as I continue, how do we recognize the gift of helps? Well, this person plays a supporting role in the lives of others. They help by providing uh, an opportunity to lift the weight off of other people. So those who, who, have, who have a destination, who have a goal or are actually accomplishing something out in front of other people, you're talking about the person who has the gift of helps is the person in, behind them cleaning up, <laughs> okay? Uh, because, because often those of us focused on a big goal miss the little details. Those with, those with the gift of helps uh, actually help accomplish those bigger tasks, okay? Absolutely. All right. The gift of service, although similar, is slightly different. Let's talk about that. Peter Wagner also says that this one is uh, divinely given to use their talents and abilities to complete the tasks that further God's purposes. They are task-oriented, and when they see projects that are qualified to help with, or that they're qualified to help with, they are eager to get involved. Oh, this is a great. This is a great person. This person is always focused on picking up all the loose ends. Everywhere. David Galvan is a perfect example of this particular gift. He is, he is constantly running all over the place, picking up all the loose ends and making sure everything fits and everything ties together. It's an amazing example of the gift of service. Scripturally, Romans 12, verses 6 through 7. If your gift is to serve, then serve. Very clearly. Ephesians chapter 4. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's Ephesians 4, verse 12. Okay. How to recognize the gift of service. The gift of service isn't one of those gifts that, well, excuse me, the gift of service is one-on-one. Let me put it that way. It's one that really is, uh, it, it, it's one-on-one meaning I support a person or I support a ministry. Okay, I come underneath a ministry, I see their vision, I accept their vision, I carry their vision, and I help accomplish their vision. That's the gift of service. All right, I'm going to skip forward now, and I'm going to talk to you quickly now about the gift of mercy. I mentioned this a couple of times, and as I begin to wrap up, I'm going to talk about two more. I'm going to talk about the gift of mercy, and then I'm going to tell you about the gift of exhortation, because I feel like these two are incredible. I, I believe that the gift of mercy is not something that is is typically in my own toolbox. However, when God calls me to use mercy, uh, it's powerful. And because it's not part of my toolbox, when he calls me to use that, it is absolutely powerful. Now, The gift of mercy. Uh, Those operating this gift have a divine ability to feel empathy for those in distress or to show love and kindness to those who are undeserving. Uh, For me, someone who doesn't typically operate in the gift of mercy, if you got yourself into trouble, figure out how to get out. Okay, now now I say that's funny. however, however, the gift of mercy comes at that from a different perspective. It doesn't matter how you got into trouble. God says, you matter. God said, you are a daughter. God said, you are a son, and where you are in life doesn't matter. I can pull you out of the out of the trenches. And the person who operates in the gift of mercy sees that and sees through, the reasons, the responsibility, and looks at the heart the way Jesus sees the heart and is able to touch the heart and pull people out. That's the gift of mercy at at work. Okay, I'm going to skip forward real quick, and we're going to then talk about the gift of exhortation and encouragement. I have a quick story for you. The gift of exhortation and encouragement, again, is not something that's in my toolbox uh, by default. But but when the Lord called, actually, maybe it is now because it's growing on me. Okay, because I keep getting new stories for this one, so I'm thinking maybe it is now. So uh, exhortation. I have a quick story about this, and uh, and this comes from my workplace. I teach for a living, and and in this example, uh, I had an individual in one of my one of my classes. This was an eight week class, and I taught this class every single day, eight hours a day. And this individual was struggling, and this guy by the name of Tyler Struggled every single day to do his work and to do his job, and I continue to point him back to the principles. All right. Now, in my job, it's a little bit of covert operation where I can't speak biblically, but I can, if you understand where I'm going with that. I have to change things just a little bit so that I get the message across. Well, I'm doing this at the class level and not necessarily at the individual level. Long story short, and very quickly, this person uh, ended up graduating from my class at uh, at the valedictorian level. And in uh, post-class, he tracked me down, followed me, and just as I was exiting the building, this boy come up to me well, as a man, he came up to me with tears in his eyes, uh, in front of everybody in the office. This doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's powerful. This man's got tears in his eyes, And he says, "Jerab, he says, "I love this job, and I'm grateful to be working here." He says, "But you need to know that you changed my life." He says, "The words that you said how you spoke them, and the, and the way that you deposited into us via your leadership, he says, you changed my life. He says, and no matter where I go, no matter job I have, I will always remember that. Okay, that's a quick example of the gift of encouragement, the gift of exhortation simply coming out of me and being used when I didn't even know it. So what I would say then to quickly wrap up is that, uh, that we will often be called upon by God to use our spiritual gifts when, when, when we don't even know it. When we're in a position to give a word, when when there's somebody who needs a word, there's somebody who needs encouragement, there's somebody who needs mercy, allow God to tug tug it right there, just real quick. All right, that's how I feel. I feel a little tug right there. All right, when you feel that or when you feel how God communicates with you, follow it because there is a blessing for that person and for you on on the other side. So I would say, dig into your toolbox, dig into your gifts. Now, this is a 16-week uh, course, And I'm just going to tell you that that was just a small little taste. And, uh, and if you want the rest, I have a DVD that will be made available shortly uh, over the next coming weeks through the ITI uh, training database. So thank you so much. And uh, Pastor Jade.